0: turn their retirement goals into reality and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan.
1: Welcome to the show. Today's guest is making his second appearance on Financial Flossing. In fact, he's the first guest to make a repeat appearance. It's Eric Vickery. As you may know by now, Eric has been managing, coaching, and consulting for dental practices since 1998, and he's only grown in scope and influence since then at All-Star Dental Academy. He is also the host of the Dental All-Star Podcast, on which I had the privilege of being on as a guest. Eric, welcome back to the show.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Ross. I really appreciate it. I, I, I can't believe I'm the first one to be here twice, so I got a claim to fame now, and I'm going to hang my hat on that.
1: <laughs> hey, you might be here three times. We never know. <laughs> so, uh, really glad to have you back. And last time we talked about fee for service, which is uh, kind of a, you know, polarizing topic a little bit, just because um, you know there's so many things you can do there. But today we want to talk about a different topic, go down a little bit different road. So, let's talk a lot about case acceptance and and what that's like and what that means for dentists.
0: Yeah. So when we had our last meeting, we talked about, you know, can you be insurance free or can you be an out of network provider? And I mentioned you got to have some insulators in place to make that possible. So at All Star, when we coach offices, we make sure they're doing some things really well. Customer service answering the phone. You'd be surprised. Alex was on your show. You'd be surprised at the dollars that are lost just by not handling the new patient phone call well. Understanding KPIs, we do KPI coaching and making sure you understand your numbers. What What is open time cost? Those sorts of things. And of course, what I mentioned last time was case acceptance. If you don't have a healthy amount of case acceptance, we're probably not gonna recommend that you resign from some of these insurance plans. You've gotta have really a good, healthy, just balance in, in your whole entire practice. Your team's gotta be creating a, a phenomenal environment for your patients i always compare to like disney world experience or alex will talk about nordstrom or things like that you know really good customer service so well let's stop right there yeah
1: obviously this is a podcast for dentists but there's probably some non-dentist listening and maybe some some younger people who are in dental school or considering dental school when we talk about case acceptance we're not talking about fillings and cavities and cleanings, things like that. We're talking about kind of higher
0: procedures, right? So there's two ways to grow a practice and I'm typing something so I don't forget anything. So two ways to grow a practice and everybody knows the first one, which is more patients. Seems pretty simple. I call that butts and seats. Not a lot of people know the second way to grow a practice. There's only two ways, butts and seats and then more dentistry while they're sitting there. Why are we doing one thing when they've got six challenges? And a lot of times what happens is the insurance restriction, the mental of like, oh, I'm just going to do what my insurance covers this year. And the next year, the patient doesn't understand that this is getting worse. You have four bedrooms in your house and one of them, all four of them are on fire and you're taking care of one a year. By the time we get to year four, it's going to be charred. It's going to need a complete remodel. And they don't understand that. And so for, for those that are listening There is no profession where selling isn't a part of your job. And so don't go into dentistry thinking, oh, I don't sell. You can call it case presentation like we're talking about today. You can call it treatment plan, presentation, review of findings. It doesn't matter. It's selling. Anything you bought, anything you buy was sold. That pen or
1: pencil that you bought at Walmart or CVS was sold. Yes, yes. If there is no such thing as sales, nothing gets done. Nothing is bought and sold. There is this, and Daniel Pink has this great book, To Sell as Human. And, um, you know, I kind of make the joke that um, if you want to um, be intimate with your partner, that's sales. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So everything, sales has this negative aspect. And, like, like, so a lot of people don't understand, like, physicians... Are paid on commission. People are like, no, they're not. (laughs) They're paid on RVU. And that's an acronym that basically says, how much money did you make? So it's relative uh, value units in some places means different things, other places, but it is commissioned by a different name. That's right. Every now and then you'll hear stories about a doctor who learned how to game the system and maximize their commissions by things they do. That's not always
0: ethical. Yeah. But
1: it's the same world in, in dentistry when you talk about case presentation.
0: Yeah. It's always ironic to me when I'll have a, an associate say, oh, I want to get paid on production. I want a daily minimum on production. But I don't want to sell anything. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't Getting want to- Getting
1: paid even... on production is working on commission.
0: Yeah. And we've got to sell. And selling doesn't always have to be uh, the transfer of uh, money. It can be just a transference of thought or idea. In fact, right now, I'm selling you on an idea that you're in sales The problem that people have with the word sell, and, you know, as I heard it years ago from my first mentor, Walter Haley, he said, if you don't like the S word sell, get used to the B word broke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the the problem we we have with that is pressure sales. And what we do at All Star is say, okay, we're going to take away the pressure. You're going to be selling in a way that doesn't feel like you're pressuring people. And and here's the perfect example. If you're in dentistry, you've had a patient sit down the chair and they say, don't find anything today, doc. And the thought of that, you you hear that, you don't recognize what's really going on. They have a fear that you're going to sell them something. And so instead, you say, you need a crown. That is pressure sales. As soon as you use the four-letter word need, it is pressure sales. You need a new car. You need to take out the trash. You need to clean your room. You need to do your homework. It's pressure. And people rebel from that. They don't like that. And so what we do is we get it away from pressuring people to buy, and we turn it into a want. No more need want. And you hear all sorts of things in the dental office, you know, they'll walk up to the front desk. Now the painful part, you know, they'll say things like that. Oh, does doctor need a new car? I'm ha- I, I need a new crown. Yeah. So they're writing the check and they make these comments because they believe what you're doing doesn't have integrity or authenticity to it. So what we do is we remove the pressure and we get to a place where we understand two concepts. So these are sales concepts that are really, really important. Number one, people buy for their reasons, not your reasons. When you tell them what they and need, they
1: buy emotionally and
0: justify that is lo- intellectually. That's right. They they buy with emotion, justify logic. So their reasons are emotional. So we start with why. We we help you find the patient's why. And people buy for that reason. So it could be my grandfather lost his teeth. I've got a job promotion coming up. Whatever that might be, we teach you how to find that. So that when you are in case presentation mode, you're presenting it in the form of what they said they wanted and why not your reasons. If you're doing it from your reasons, I liken it to because I said, so it's like parenting, you know, clean your room. Why? Because I said, so it doesn't really work. Whereas if you said, Naomi, my daughter, Hey, Naomi, you know, your room is the first room. Everybody sees when they walk in the house, we have guests coming over tonight. We're not going to close the door because you're going to be interacting with everybody. It's time to clean your room. Okay. Question mark. She cannot then respond to me and say, why? Why? Because I said so, and I'll pull this car over and give you something to cry about. I just I get flashbacks and sweaty palms from when I was a kid. <laughs> so this hurts we're you move more. From that. This
1: hurts me more than it hurts you. Like there you I go. Yeah. A it's like
0: no, yes. it doesn't. No, well not at I'm, all. I'll give you something. To, I'm already crying. Okay, so when your patient hears you say you need a crown, they're thinking why? Because I said so. You haven't defined the why, the condition of it, and for their reasons. So. Part one is people buy for their reasons, not yours. Part two is people don't buy a solution to a problem they don't perceive to have. If I lived on a dirt floor and somebody knocked on the door and they offered a vacuum cleaner, I'd say, look at my dirt floor, man. And if you have a team, I would love it if your team members would listen to this because they will tell you, they answer the phone or they call out as a courtesy call. And the patient, Ricky Bobby says, oh, I was just getting ready to call you. You know what? That tooth is not even bothering me. I'm going to go ahead and wait. And then... Phone calls over. Nobody's ever excited as a dental professional that I called them. But what happens is they don't perceive there to be a problem. No pain, no problem, no pay. So they, they stop the, the, the appointment before they ever have to pay any money because they went to www.dmd.com and they became a dentist overnight. Something in their mind suggested they don't have a problem. Why are they paying thousands of dollars? That is not a person who answers the phone's problem. That is a chair-side problem. That is a reflection of a problem. That is the result of a problem. And so everything we teach at, when it comes to case acceptance starts in the chair. Okay, it starts in the chair. So finding their why, okay, that's, that's number one. And number two, it's selling the condition, selling the problem so that they're actually asking for a solution. It's a pain point in sales. It's a common theme. Everybody knows it in sales. We just try to ignore it and demonstrate because we don't want to be in sales. We have this opposition to sales no we have an opposition to pressure sales
1: the know what's interesting is you have to create pain or discomfort for people to be motivated to take action Mm. and what's interesting is if you're selling tvs it's a lot harder to create pain when you're selling tvs Mm. than when you're selling dentistry yeah you know you very likely are in discomfort if you need you know x y or z The pain is halfway there.
0: Yeah. So there's an inherent problem in dentistry. Let's say, Ross, you're my patient. I'm Dr. Vickery for a moment. I'll sit up really straight and deepen my voice a bit. I'll be the doctor. You come to me and you pay me money for me to tell you your problems. Here's an exam fee. You pay me $200, x-rays, exam. Now I tell you all your problems that I say I found for you. And then I say, give me more money. I'll fix those problems I say I found. That's an inherent problem. It's a contradiction within our profession. We have to acknowledge that, we have to acknowledge it and talk with the patient about things in the right way. And so part of our insulators are the right verbal skills, NLP, we, we, we talk about these things, you know, programming. It's not really what we're doing. We're framing it so the patient can understand it better. We're speaking in the right way. So people really get it. People will not make a good decision for themselves if they don't understand things. So we speak in a way that they understand it. It happens before the exam. It happens during the exam. And we're, we're selling the condition based upon the reasons they're looking for things. Why are they there? They're not there on accident. Why are they there? And there, there's actually, I say this in dentistry, we think we're in the, the tooth industry, but we're in the relationship business. You know, tooth didn't walk through the door. There's a person there that makes the decisions and you've got to be willing to have that conversation. So I wrote a case presentation formula with the help of my mastermind group of dentists back in 2007. And I think it works really well. I think it's how the brain makes a decision, taking those two factors into into consideration. And so I'll just give this away. I think this is a a change your practice verbal skill. Alex is probably listening, going, don't give it away, Eric. (laughs) But I think it's important for you to understand that there's a way to do this in the right way. Don't sit down and talk to your patients about treatment. I have a ninety-five-five rule. Ninety-five percent of the time, you're talking about condition and consequences and their emotional why, and only five percent of the time you're talking about treatment. And you're not allowed to talk about treatment until they say, "Yeah, I want a solution." So, keeping that in mind, here, here's the formula. If it's okay, if I just jump in, Ross. Yeah, go ready, go right ahead. All right. So we go. Number one, people buy for their reasons, not yours. So I would say you're my patient. Okay, you're Rick. You get to be Ricky Bobby. Okay. So I say, I say, Ricky Bobby. Earlier, you told me it was really important for you to have peace of mind, that you didn't lose your teeth like your grandfather did, You know, job interview coming up, confidence, whatever that why is, I lay that out there for you again. And you're now, psyche, subconscious is now reminded that, oh, yeah, that's exactly why I'm here. And then I present all the conditions diagnostically, they're in opposition of you achieving that. Pretty simple. But you got to do the conversation beforehand to get to this point. So I say, Ricky, Bobby, earlier you showed me is really important for you to have a confident smile for all of your billboards that you're gonna do for Wonder Bread, right? Acknowledges it, says yes. And I say, number two, I am concerned. Now I could be the doctor. I could be the treatment coordinator. I could be the assistant, doesn't matter. I could say doctor is concerned or we are concerned. It's not something they haven't heard before during the exam, keep in mind, we're summarizing. So I say, I am concerned, say I'm the doctor. I am concerned about the infection in your gums. I am concerned about the fractures in your teeth, the decay, the cavities in your teeth. I'm concerned about the spaces. It's all condition focused, problem focused. Then I step three, I now share with you what I know about what's coming. My crystal ball. I let you see it. I said, the reason I'm so concerned about that, Ricky Bobby, is because what's going to happen if you don't do anything? That infection in your gums. Have you ever seen anybody with really long teeth, black spaces? You ever seen anybody like that? maybe bad breath. Right. Okay. That's someone who on the scale is like a seven, eight or a nine, you're a three or four right now. Now, once you go seven, eight or nine, I can't get you back to three or four, but you're at a three or four. Now I can help you stop it. Now. If we help you manage that, maintain it, you can save your teeth for your whole life. Okay. The other thing I'm concerned about is the decay in your teeth. Those old metal fillings that are in there, there's cavities underneath there that are working their way down towards the nerve of the tooth. Ultimately, it's going to turn into toothache. Have you ever had a toothache before Ricky Bobby? Yeah. You've had a tooth before? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and then you, you what did you what you either extract a tooth or you did a root canal? What did you do? Uh I just popped some towel. Okay. And then it went away for a while. Okay. So here's what's coming. That's probably a sign or something of what's coming down the line. It's not going to end on its own. Have you ever heard of a root canal before? Yeah. Okay. Something most people want to avoid. Am I right And that you'd want to avoid the expense and the pain of that experience? Uh yes. Okay. So now I've done why it's important for you. I've done condition and consequences. Number four, now it's called testing the buy-in. I need to see if you're on board with me, right? So I, right. Say, I say, Ricky Bobby, how concerned are you with, with what we've discovered today and preventing these from becoming bigger problems?
1: know, uh, yeah, I'm somewhat concerned.
0: Okay, now if, he's, if he were to say, no, I'm not, I did a piss poor job and he just didn't get it and it's something in the back, I wouldn't then say, well, let me talk to you about four quadrants of scaling and root planning, periodontal therapy and six crowns. It just wouldn't make sense.
1: Or you could say, if I said no, you could say, well, if you're not first, you're last.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, shake and bake, baby. So you've got a decision to make to go back. But if you say, yeah, I'm somewhat concerned, then I would ask a follow-up question. I'd say, Ricky Bobby, would it make sense for us to talk about a plan on how we can help you take care of these things? You'd probably say yes.
1: Yeah, we could do that.
0: Yeah, we do that. Now I'm in the 5%. I talk about appointments and treatment and those things. Now, you're not working in dentistry, Ross. When you hear the word crown, what do you think of right away?
1: I, th- I personally think of somebody didn't take care of their teeth and they're putting a, you know, basically a replacement tooth in. But heard-
0: so, you, so you have a, you have something made up your mind about that. As soon as I say crown, you're thinking about that. Yes. You're not thinking about fractured tooth. When I said fractured tooth, old metal filling and decay, working towards the, the nerve of the tooth. What did you think of when I said that? You were focused on those things, right. You were imagining what that looked like in your life. You weren't, you weren't distracted with some other definition. Most patients, when they're sitting in the chair and they hear the word crown being called out over them or spoken to them, they immediately think of money. Oh, this sounds expensive. Wait a second. I don't have any pain. Pain would mean do a crown. I don't have any pain. They don't understand that the crown is something that happens before there's pain.
1: And, and what's critical is in every industry, we have our jargon. Yeah. Yep. And so it's so easy to fall into the jargon. Yes. And when you start talking in jargon, people don't understand it and you're losing the buy-in. That's right. Instead of talking about, you're saying crown, instead of saying decay,
0: old cavity. That's right. Condition focus. So right. 95 versus five. So I teach the clients that so they focus on the problem more than the solution. You can't talk about solution until we get to this part. So I said, how concerned are you with it? You said, yeah. I said, would it make sense to talk about a plan? You said, yeah. 5%, here's the plan. And at the end, I would say, how do you feel about moving forward with this plan? It's a soft close, right? That term close has a negative connotation to, oh, you're closing them. It's, you're getting mutual agreement. It's very soft. There's no pressure. I don't say anything like, what's it gonna take to get you in these crowns today? You know, there's no <laughs> pressure there. So right. we're doing no pressure sales. And, and here's the analogy, a push purchase versus a pull purchase. So push purchase in life is synonymous with need. You need to fill up your car with gas. That's painful right now. You need groceries. You need to pay the bills. You need a new hot water heater. You need a new air conditioner. You need a crown. People don't like spending money in that arena. Push purchase, life thrusts it on you. Pull purchase is a want. It's a choice. Let's see if you can finish my sentence, Ross. So I want to go on a vacation. There you go. I want to go out to eat. I want to go to dinner. I want to buy a new car. I want to do people don't wake up in the morning and go, I want a new crown. They just don't say that. But what they do want is peace of mind, confidence, uh, uh, beautiful wedding photos. It's wedding season right now. These sorts of things are what they are thinking about. And when you don't tap into that, you you actually place a lid on your ability on the amount of case acceptance you will get. So what this conversation does, it opens that lid up and says, let the patient choose how much of this they're going to do. So when you look at two ways to grow a practice, butts and seats and more dentistry per visit, when we do our KPIs, we look at how much dentistry are you doing every time, doctor? You sit down with a patient. Are you doing one thing at a time? Or are you doing two, three, four, arch, full mouth dentistry? That's how you change a practice. That's when you have peace of mind as a clinician, as a business owner to know I'm moving in the right direction. People understand what I'm saying. They trust me. They get it. And I have integrity. I'm not manipulating anybody. I'm doing things in the right way. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Now, So do you see... Case acceptance rates change depending yes. on the procedure or price of procedure?
0: So, we have two numbers that we track case acceptance percentages. So, a lot of times you'll ask consultants, Hey, what should, what's a percentage of case acceptance ought to be? Or you'll ask a client that and they'll go, Oh, 80%. I want to get 80% of my people, my, okay, well, of what? 80% of what? 80% of people, 80% of dollars, whatever it is. So, the actual statistic when we do our trackers, we look at is we want 80% of the people scheduling something, that means 20% didn't schedule a thing. Well, that's a whole nother conversation. But 80% of them scheduled something, that means you saw 100 people, 80 of them scheduled something that you presented. Well, what? 60% of the dollars minimum. You'd be surprised at how many offices don't hit those two KPIs. So we have a tracker that we put in place and they track, is it a new patient, existing patient, patient name? Dollar amount presented, date scheduled or not, dollar amount scheduled. If there's nothing scheduled, there's a follow-up column. This is do how you, we make sure.
1: Do you show multiple options on the, um, from a cost standpoint?
0: So, when I mean like to the patient, do we present different options? Yes. We'd, so, every doctor is a little bit different. So, those insulators we're talking about, this is really the cart before the horse. There's a lot of things that we put in place to get to this point. You got to be confident. You got to use the right verbiage. You got to have the right preclinical conversations. You got to have the right clinical conversations, transferring patients from front to back. All of these things prevent cancellations and get case acceptance. Well, one of the things we talk about in those systems is don't confuse the patient. William, would I do it on me? What is most ideal for them? And then back up from there. So we always recommend with, with all the systems and the conversation with the doctor, ideally this is what you present. What would you do in your mouth? What would you do if this was your brother? What would you do if this was your sister? How would you want them to be treated? And let them know, hey, you know what? It's always your choice. It's your choice on how you move forward with these recommendations. And if it gets to a place where it's financially impossible for them to do, then we start talking about, okay, lesser of options, something that's removable, that flops around and comes out of your mouth, it's not ideal, that sort of thing. Yeah. Does that answer your question?
1: No, it does. It's good. Okay. Uh, And and so... So you have these different scenarios here. I get my mind's going, and I got so many yeah. questions. So many questions I could go down the road here. How long does it take someone to get good at you know yeah. quote closing this yeah. type of scenario? Because yeah, you know obviously there's always bad apples out there, and I'm sure I'm sure people have always heard stories of someone who yeah oversold dentistry. But that that's that's an anomaly. That's a rare exception. Yeah, the majority of dentists are doing good work. They're honest people. So, what what what's the percentage yeah. of, I mean, what are you seeing out there?
0: Okay, a couple of things. One, the person I can help the most will probably never reach out to me.
1: Of course, because, uh, A, you know, no offense to anyone listening, they're insecure. Um, yeah. And they're scared. They're scared you're going to sell them on coaching. Yeah. And, and, and the reality is, is if I could spend a dollar to make $3. Yeah. That's a worthwhile investment. I'm yeah. not getting sold something. I'm investing.
0: So, so I, how you could, how you can, yeah. how you can uh, numerically look at that. If you're a doctor and you're not producing at least five hundred dollars per hour minimum, then we can help you. That's as simple as that. I couldn't say any simpler.
1: And five hundred dollars is probably the
0: low end for your clients. That's I'm the thinking. that's the bottom. That's the bottom of, the, of of where we want you to be. Now. When we look how at how many people even know how much they're actually operate there. So they're you've got to do some, some tracking, got to put a tracker in place and say, Oh, wow, we're doing really well. Or we're not doing well. Or this doctor's doing great. This one, not so great. Well, what is it? We have the same patients in the same practice. It always kills me when people go, well, you don't know my patients in this area or that area. You know, New York people tell me the same thing that Alabama uh, clients tell me, you don't know our patients. The bottom line is it's how you communicate and you communicate to a way that helps them understand how to move forward, make it easier, remove the friction, make it easy for them to do the things you want them to do, to get healthy. And you'd be surprised at what happens. There, there is no, you look at somebody's practice. Let's say you're looking at your practice, you go, know, wow, why are they way up there? And I'm here. They're the same people dealing with the same patients. You just have to know how to talk to them. The answer is ineffective communication. Now, <laughs> the second half of what you asked me when I said the people who, you know, will need me the most will never ask for me. the, the second thing you, you asked is well, how fast does it take for someone to get this? It all depends on how I can get them to overcome their own insecurities. How much access do I have to them? Are they willing to put the effort in? Are they willing to change? Some people are just very, they like the idea of it. Hey, help me grow my practice. Just tell me how to get better results, but I'm going to keep doing who I am. That's that definition of insanity, right? The same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You have to be willing to change and grow and coach yourself, evaluate yourself. Doctors all the time are willing to record their admin person on the phone and hear how they're doing on phone calls and grade them. Yet, they're not so likely to record themselves. I have a few that will send me their case presentation so I can listen to it, coach them. It's interesting.
1: Now, how many dentists aren't doing uh, higher price procedures because they don't want to do the case presentation or they're nervous about it or they don't, they don't feel comfortable.
0: I think a lot, I I think 80% of them resort to single tooth dentistry. I think that 20% of the dentists out there do 80% of the dentistry. Wow. Yeah. So,
1: And, and the reality is these big complex cases are going to drive revenue, which is going to drive EBITDA, which is going to drive your sale price if you want to sell.
0: I put one of the first things I put down to fix your profit loss, increase your collections. <laughs> That's case right. acceptance, right? Oh, nothing's in line, inflation this, my employees want more. Well, you're not You're not collecting enough because you don't have large case acceptance. Now- Well,
1: would you rather sell a $20,000 case or would you rather do 100 cleanings and fillings?
0: Yes. So you, you slow down the number of people you see, you're less stressed. And every doctor will tell you this. If you saw 20 patients a day, you'd be exhausted, there'd be no production. Whereas if you saw seven patients- all day long and you had procedures filled on that, it's a great day. You're energized and there's great production to that. Now, (laughs) I think as Andrew Carnegie said, 15% of your success is in your clinical skills. That's your foundation. So you have to be clinically trained to do these cases. That's an assumed part of this conversation. But 85% of your success comes from your people skills, your ability to communicate with them on this topic just because you have the diploma on the wall the initials after your name people don't flock to you that's if you have an instagram account people aren't going to flock to you to see you know what you're doing it doesn't work that way at the end of the day you still have to have the people skills to get them on board
1: yeah it's so important um you know you could you could be the best technician yes uh with instruments in your hand But if you have the bedside manner of a serial killer, or or the chair side manner rather of a serial killer, uh, and and the interpersonal skills, uh, you know, of uh, you know,
0: an axe murderer, you're not going to do well. Yeah, that might be where your a hack comes from on the social skill side. (laughs) So I have, I mean, I have emotional intelligence 2.0 right here. Yeah, I have. I have offices. Look at it. It's the only. Part of your intelligence, you can grow. You can't grow your IQ. You can adapt your personality a little bit, but you can't grow. You can grow your emotional intelligence, which is what what I focus in on here is relationship management strategies. That's section four. And you should take the test in emotional intelligence. You see where you're low. Some people don't know how to read the room, they're not socially aware. That's it, too.
1: You know, I I like to say that there's an epidemic of self awareness in our Mm -hmm. culture today. Mm -hmm. All All you have to do is go to the beach. And you'll see that. <laughs> and we'll lack just, yeah, lack of self-awareness, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, let me just be real bold here. It's like the guy with the neck tattoo this mm. past weekend, I saw a guy had a neck tattoo and a forehead tattoo. Mm. And I'm like, well, you've limited it's your job limited. options. Yeah. And it's just a lack of self-awareness in that regard. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, there's just so many areas it's, you know,
0: yeah, you know, it's like it's, it's like um, it's, it's, it's like professionally throwing in the towel when you when you internally make that choice. And, you know, my social media is pretty dedicated to leadership development, culture development and personal development, because without those things, you can't implement these skills. I can't be over here hemming and hawing and doubting myself and have low confidence and deliver this to you. It won't work just like you can't have low confidence with your patients. And the funny thing is that confidence is simply a choice. And it's one of the insulators we work on. So,
1: And confidence is magnetic. Yes. And if you have confidence, you're going to be more successful. And there's so much is about mindset and belief in yourself. If you walk in on the case presentation, if you don't believe in yourself, there's a very high probability you're, you're not going to close it unless the person you're presenting it to believes in themselves less than you believe in yourself.
0: So, my my formula is has to do with credibility. So, I'm gonna type it out here. So, credibility equals confidence in your competence. So, if if the person who answers the phone is incompetent as the caller, I believe the, the doctor is incompetent. And the way I judge that on the phone is how great are they at taking care of me? It's a reflection of the quality you provide. So credibility equals confidence, your competence, plus character, plus consistency, a lot of C words. <laughs> yeah, right. Plus character. In other words, I'm not going to use this to take advantage of people. And I'm consistently there. I do it over and over and over in the same way. In other words, every time I see you guys, it's really good. And where that came from was I had when I worked in practices, the long standing patients, they were the ones that were finally, hey, I'm going to do my whole mouth. Now I'm gonna take care of the whole thing now. Cause they just saw us over and over and over again. They trusted us so much that consistent delivery that we had made all the difference. You can't just have bur- bursts and little bits and, and short time of being on your game all the time. You've got to be on your a game all the time. Yeah,
2: They'll absolutely. pick up on it.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, what we started out with was case acceptance and I would say more dentistry per visit, getting patients healthier, faster and fewer appointments and you got to have systems to do that ideal day scheduling ideal financial arrangements ideal treatment planning ideal case acceptance these sorts of systems have to be in place so that you can use these verbal skills confidently you don't want patients canceling the day of on a 4 hour appointment and i'll hear doctors say that oh i would never schedule a patient for 4 hours they they could cancel on me and it just blows my mind the limited thinking that they have it's just you don't have the system set up to to know that they're there i, I mean why do i have clients all over the country from alaska to maine to florida uh you know california i mean everywhere in between where they have four hour five hour appointments and the patient shows up and they've already paid and they're doing all the dentistry they're not just geographically in one area they are in your area you're just not turning the rocks over because you're afraid to see what's under there so
1: it's so so important the mindset to to expand your thinking and and really if you have a practice and you're either struggling or you're not making the, one, the money you want to make, this is just an opportunity to learn the skill to do this. So talk about what that would look like if they said, you know what, this yeah. Eric Vickery sounds good. How can I get in touch with him to help yeah. me on this?
0: Well, you would, you would just email eric at allstardellacademy.com or heather at allstardellacademy.com. You can go check out All Star Online. And there's online training it's set up so you can watch it endlessly as you bring on new employees right with the, we're in this great resignation they can get up to speed there's hour i mean there's unlimited hours of training on there for phone skills and stopping cancellations and and then when you want to get into you know one on one meaning your team and i on coaching we have a team of coaches that are well trained in this that that live this they work in offices they coach offices they've retired from offices and they've used these skills for Many years. Uh, one of my coaches, I trained uh, for 14 years. Oh wow! So she's she's phenomenal. I mean, they're all they're all top notch people who deli- use these skills to deliver every single day and see it work in very successful practices. And so we do that because we want you to s- have some reality. I don't have some college professor who's never out there lived it, you right. know, Done it before, but also somebody who can be constantly be testing the things that we talk about live and in person in their practice and. I coach over 60 offices every month and we work on these skills. We have a we have a team meeting every month virtually on Zoom just like this where we work on it. And we just teach you how to do it in bite-sized pieces. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's you know for less than $1000 a month, you're growing your practice phenomenally. It's it's a it's an amazing system that we have set up at All-Star. So,
1: yeah, the value the value, is, yeah. the value is the value is second to none. Yeah. And and even if you're a little nervous about committing or, you know, at the risk of making fun of you on a podcast, you're afraid of getting sold. You guys have tons yeah. of free resources on the website.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's so there's webinars on, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, we we send out free eBooks. Alex is amazing at supporting dentistry and he's been on the podcast already. So yeah, I just – I really want I, – I enjoy seeing offices become more successful. When they have success, It I feel great about that. I feel like, wow, this is working, well, and it makes me appreciate what I'm doing more.
1: It's helping the dentist serve their community. Yep. I mean, there's yeah. no need for the dentist to be dead weight in their community. Be Serve your community. There's enough business to go around for everyone. Everyone has a challenge that they need fixed in their mouth, and it's a win, win, win. All-Star Academy – creates value and earns income from it. The dentist creates value and earns income from it. The patient yeah.
0: gets fixed. That's exactly right. I call it the four wins because the the patient wins are getting healthier. Right. The The practice wins because it's getting healthier. So that means the dentist wins and the employees win. Yes. Everybody wins all the way around. But you you've got to be willing to put in the effort and how you communicate. You know, if Mickey Mouse didn't care when I showed up at Disney World, since you're in Florida, <clears throat> if Mickey and I was Mouse at didn't
1: Disney care, three weeks ago,
0: yeah, there you go. I, I go every every year and a half. So the if Mickey Mouse didn't care, it would be problematic. It would affect sales. It would affect people's outcome, how they felt when they were there. Your patients want to feel good when they come into your practice. How you interact with them actually, it's it's more important than you recognize. And how you make them feel is based upon your personal your your people skills. How you interact with them, it's, it's got to be something that's a priority on your list, not just getting the job done every day. That's not going to work for, for longevity in this, in, the, in this profession and having a career here. And I think we all want to, I don't expect anybody to be perfect, but we're all trying to pursue excellence. And we're trying to take it to the next, next level every single day. James Clear, Atomic Habits, you know, 1% every single day, getting better and better and better incrementally. This is what we coach.
1: Yeah, that's great. So yeah. one more time, give them your contact information.
0: Yeah, eric at allstardentalacademy.com or heather at allstardentalacademy.com. Just email us, go check out All Star, you know, peruse the website, look at it, make a request, get the free ebook. There's all kinds of stuff on there for you. And then Alex will start emailing you as well. And we'd love to take care of you.
1: Eric, this has been really interesting talking to you again. You're always of a new topic that brings incredible value. Thanks so much for coming on.
0: My pleasure. to
1: having me. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan. We will see you next week. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing
0: with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com.
3: Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Expiration, April 2023.
2: This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and material are provided for your convenience in locating related inf- information and services. Guardian its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850 9075 Securities, products, and advisory services are offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032, California Insurance License Number 0L10073, 2022-139350, Expiration 0624. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top
0: business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.